cigars all around Cheers, y'all Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. We are here for show number 293, and we have to start out with an apology because we totally did not do a show last week. Yes, yeah, so, well, so, yeah. family emergencies yeah. and whatnot. Well, I was, I was just going to say that the reason the show last week didn't happen can vary depending on your worldview. And where you line up on things. For example, if you are a Republican, it was Joe Biden's fault. That's what well, that. Yeah. If you're a Democrat, it was Donald Trump's fault. That's right. Okay. So just just pick whichever one of those works for you, and we'll just use that you know, as the I, explanation. I, I may be showing my age a little bit, uh, but I still prefer to say thanks, Obama. <laughs> well, you are showing your age. See, that's that's uh, that's just that's it. Just, just sounds right, though. Yeah, you know? yeah. It had a certain ring to it, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, although the, the Joe Biden, I did that stickers are pretty funny. <laughs> I don't care what side you're on. That's yeah. funny. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of funny out there, and a lot that's not funny at all. Oh, frankly, oh, <laughs> so, well, the reason for those stickers. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so welcome, my friends, to show number two hundred and ninety three. We are going to talk today about doing a ranking of the best drinks made with whiskey. So, all right. All right. So did we'll, you bring all those we'll drinks? Rank them. I did not, but uh, oh. you are welcome to. Uh, and I tell you what, we're going to do. I, I'll already give you a, 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 a preview of next week. So I'm not the world's greatest bartender, but every now and then I get pretty good at something, like from doing it enough times. Or and I have I I feel like I have perfected a drink, and I want to share it. It's a very simple one, but I feel like I've gotten it just right, and I want to share it with people next week. I'm gonna next week we will be making the perfect vodka gimlet. Oh, so, okay. Uh, because man, have I, have I finally nailed this one, man? So, I'm pretty darn good at making a whiskey with ice yeah i know you are you're you're very very good the way that you add the ice i to will the choose one chip of ice uh-huh not too big not too small and that's a cocktail that you can make at man home. you know you don't have to you don't be, need a little straw or nothing you don't have to be chris morris to make that <laughs> no, one no. you know you, you can really make it i don't happen, even shake so. it i just go straight up you know like let it do what it does so a couple of a couple of items of business first of all we apologize for not being here last week uh, there really was a family emergency and those things sometimes just take precedent and the way our week is structured it's kind of tough to make it up in the same week so we decided to give ourselves the week off and uh, everything's fine now and we're back for show number 293 now we have also made an executive decision that to celebrate our anniversary show on show number 300 it's just too ordinary it's too easy it's too easy that's what the that's what the 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 plane shows would do the plebes the plebes right so we're going to celebrate our anniversary of this show. We did one on the 100th show. The 200th show we were going to do, but it, it wound up being during the middle of lockdown and really didn't make sense to do it. So now we're going to schedule the next anniversary of the show on show number 333. That's going to be our big blowout. We're going to invite everybody in. It's going to be a huge group. There's going to be, you know, 
mass hysteria, dogs and cats sleeping together, the whole thing. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Uh, so this I'm looking true, for, sir. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So, uh, so look forward to three thirty-three. That means we've got. Uh, this gives Bruce Stark a chance to also book a flight. Make yes. It in. Oh, Bruce should totally be here. He'll be the guest. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Bruce, if you do come down for three thirty-three. Because he's in Michigan, right? He's in Michigan. Uh, Bruce, if you do fly down from Michigan to Texas for 333, we will make you the guest of honor for our anniversary show. <laughs> that would be, be awesome. Like, you'll be like fan number one. Uh, guest of honor. So anyway, welcome to the program. We have a lot to talk about today. We uh, mentioned ranking the best drinks made with whiskey. So it makes sense that we'd be tasting a whiskey today, right? That's right. So we're not. Good. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to instead be tasting uh, Don Cosme. See, we we, we tend to keep Añejo. we tend to keep things uh, consistent by being inconsistent. Right. We like to, so we, we're consistently inconsistent. <laughs> right. Therefore, raising the amount of consistency that we have. Right. To to a, a high level. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll be tasting the Don Cosme Tequila Añejo, and if you're looking at that bottle on Mister Torley Gig right now. It's going to be pretty hard for me to admit that there hasn't already been a little bit of tasting. <laughs> this this one's not going to be a surprise for you. Yeah, no, no. You know what, though? If I turn the label a little bit this way and line up where you broke it, yeah. it looks a little less broken into a, a little less like it's been. Well, yeah, but it's still hard to argue with the tequila level in the bottle. <laughs> so so there is For those that. of you just listening, there's about two-thirds of the uh, yeah. bottle left. Yeah. yeah Although the so. bottle is pretty cool. The, uh, yeah. the dog on the bottle is uh, like a so like a little chihuahua who's like multicolored sort yeah, of multicolored uh, uh, partially skeletal mexico colors day of the dead colors yeah it's, it's really cool. interesting kind of cool uh for beer tasting today we're going to be tasting a uh lager from our friends at galveston island brewing company it Ooh, is their loggerhead lager and loggerhead in this case is a reference to the sea turtles yeah the loggerhead turtles that uh, go crawling back to the sea once they're that's uh, awesome. once they hatch which and by the way I got to witness that in Mexico. I don't know if it was loggerheads or not. I I don't know enough about turtles to know. But I was staying down there for vacation at a place that was on the beach. And some of the locals started saying, come on, come on, follow, follow us down the beach. We followed them down the beach. And sure enough, man. Here came the little tiny baby turtles. How awesome! All headed back. I, I shot video of it with my phone. It was awesome. <laughs> it was one of the coolest like nature experiences ever. So if you ever get a chance to to witness that, you should. And I don't know if they do it at Galveston, but but you know that's pretty cool. If they do, I would go. I would I've go only ever it. seen that like on National Geographic, sure, yeah, you know? or on the the what is the, the Discovery Channel the, or the, whatever the Planet uh, uh, series on Netflix with David Attenborough. Oh, that's right, that's right. narrating. The turtles. I can't do it. I can't do an impression of him. Uh, if I could, I'd, I'd try to make a bunch of money. Um, from from New Belgium Brewing Company in Fort Collins, Colorado, their Citrus Rescue, Citrus IPA. This is a really interesting concept because you know those companies that um, you can sign up for like a subscription to them and they send you like ugly fruit? Yeah. Like fruit that is fine. There's nothing wrong with right, it. But right. it just there's, doesn't uh, look quite good enough uh, for the supermarket. Uh, what was... Uh... What's the one? I'm trying to remember the one that we get at the house all the time. So, you know, you get like, you know, tomatoes that have a right, big right. bulge on one side or something. Carrots that are uh, uh, carrots of unusual size. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, these guys at New Belgium, which that would be chaos, wouldn't it? They, they, have, nice. they have teamed up with Citrus Rescue and uh, done exactly that. They're using uh, imperfect funky produce. Imper that's the one yes, there you go. <laughs> funky and imperfect uh, citrus to make their IPA. And so nice. that's why they're calling it uh, Citrus Rescue. So we'll be tasting that. And then from Bend, Oregon, and Deschutes Brewery, 
their Black Butte 31. It's their 31st birthday porter. Oh, uh, Black yeah. Butte porter is real yeah. good. Yeah, this is their yearly like special. Nice. Yeah, so, so we'll be looking That's forward exciting. to that. A uh, lot of uh, cigars to tell you about, cigars to watch for. Uh, we will also be uh, telling you about, <laughs> this may be the first, a video game is getting its own whiskey. Wow. Assassin's Creed. Have you heard of Assassin's yeah, yeah, Creed? Yeah. yeah. So Assassin's Creed is getting its own branded whiskey. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit about that on the program. Uh, plus, as always, we will be here for your drinking news. <clears throat> and uh, maybe if you want to give us a little uh, little music prelude, I'll give you the drinking news teaser headline for this week. She's gone, but will never be forgotten. And there's your teaser headline for drinking news. So, uh, so that's anyway. right. I bring the ukulele all the way out for that. Yeah, and I appreciate it. It, it, it adds <laughs> it adds a certain je ne sais quoi to the show. I don't know what that means. I don't either. I just like saying it. So. You're so French. <laughs> yes, I am. I'm very international. Uh, and I and I'll probably try to translate some Spanish for you later <laughs> in the program. Noted. So, uh, all right. Uh, what a week I have had, uh, and I know you've had a crazy one. But did you during this? You know crazy and upside down week find well, an opportunity to smoke on my, anything interesting on my way over here this morning i swung by uh the galveston island cigar lounge oh where were you in galveston and that was really on your way over or <laughs> not did at you all go it was nowhere a good ways way. out of your way no i uh, i was chatting with uh alan over the weekend and i told him i'd uh, meet him down there for a cigar at about 10 o'clock this morning that's so cool. now here's cool how guy. sweet alan is alan is such a sweet guy because i told him i was I, in my line i was like the shop opens at 10 i'll just meet you at 10 when you open he doesn't open at 10. He opens at 11. But he showed up at 10 just to hang out and have, a cigar, hang out and have a cigar with me. That's, that's how good of a dude he is, you know? And we did. He introduced me to a cigar uh, that I had to put on the show. So I'll tell you all about it. This is a CAO BX3. I have heard about this cigar. CAO. I'm very excited to hear what you thought. So CAO, uh, let me just give a little background on my experience with CAO, man. They were one of the... When I first started getting into cigars, they were mm -hmm. an absolute go-to. Absolutely. Like the entire uh, line, they, mm -hmm. they could do no wrong just about. And then they sold. Right. Uh, I believe it was Davidoff. Uh, is that correct? I believe it is Davidoff yeah. that, that bought them. Then yeah, they, they sold. And then the, their quality control absolutely tanked. Yes. The Osdener family, I think I've told you this. I met Tim Osdener, the mm -hmm. son of Kano, who was the guy that founded CAO. Mm -hmm. It was his initials on uh, uh, on on the uh, uh, cigar, um, and I, I got a chance to just chat. He was one of the most like fascinating people. He was so passionate about cigars. That was why I was actually a little surprised when they sold Cao. Yeah. But they are getting back into the cigar business. In fact, we'll talk about that in the cigars to watch for segment uh, because they have a new one that just came out. So excited about that. Ah, okay, cool. So, but but they sold CAO and you're right. The quality did go downhill for a while. Yeah, it went downhill for a long time and uh they've been sneaking back in. They they've got the uh they came out with the Bones and the Bones is a good cigar. It's a good mm -hmm. uh I, I I hesitate to say budget. I don't it's not it's not a very expensive cigar, but right. it's a very good cigar, and the quality seems to be pretty high overall uh, on all the ones I've smoked. They're great. Mm -hmm. um, the Session has a lot of people that really enjoy it. I, I'm not a fan of it. I've tried it. It's not for me, but there's a lot of people that I've talked to that really enjoy the Session, and it smokes mm -hmm. well, apparently. Uh, so they're, they're coming back up. And then I did a uh, – I did a uh, – um, I did one a few – did you do one a few weeks ago? Or, I know I did one. Yeah. That was the um, – Why did the Brasilia? You did the Brasilia. A that few was weeks the, ago. That's one of the old mm -hmm. school uh, mm -hmm. ones. Yep. I did the 
Uh, I'll think of it in a minute. But uh, anyway, so uh, Alan brought this out. He's like, check this out. So this is a Toro, which also surprised me because Alan usually smokes a smaller cigar than that. Um, the things you get to know about the people you smoke cigars with, mm -hmm, right? That's right. Uh, so this is a Toro, 6x52. It's a pretty good-sized cigar. Uh, BX3 stands for Brazilian times three. It's a, a Matafina, Brazilian Matafina wrapper. And it's a uh -huh. very distinctive nose on the Matafina. Bet, yeah. And a very distinctive flavor on the Matafina. Um, uh, the first time I had uh, something that I really recognized as a Matafina uh, rapper was the Matafina from uh, McAuliffe that uh, right, right. Uh, that we got a while back on the cruise that wasn't a cruise. <laughs> yes, I remember that well. It, it was, was fun, but we went nowhere. It wasn't a cruise on a boat. It was a stand around on a boat and dock, but that's okay. We and had you fun. remember why, right? Because the captain just didn't show up. Yeah, he got drunk the night before and didn't show up. Yeah, that's that's crazy. <laughs> anyway, that. Uh, but that, that was my introduction to the Matafina, and I'd probably had Matafina before, but you know, when you have a cigar that's called Matafina, you start to pay attention to the thing, right? Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and the Matafina has such a distinctive note to it, like a very barnyard when you smell it, and very very uh, very uh, big on the nose. Uh, so the Matafina wrapper, the binder is a Brazilian. Uh, uh, you know what? I said this in my mind earlier, and I don't know if I can say it right. Uh, Arapirica? Arapirica? Ar yeah, Arab I know what you. I know the word you're talking about. I'm not sure if I know how to pronounce it any better. Yeah, than that. that's if not. Paraca, if, if, I, sure. if I slaughtered that, you know, make it make sense. The filler is uh, also has some Brazilian, uh, which is what gives it the Brazilian times three. Also has some Brazilian, but is a blend of Brazilian hunter and uh, Mexican and Nicaraguan tobaccos. Okay. The appearance on this dark chocolate wrapper, a little bit leathery, has a little bit of an oily sheen to it. Firm overall, single band. It's a very nice looking cigar. Mm -hmm. um, the pre-light sniff on this barnyard earth, slight chocolate at the foot and a little bit of hay. The pre-light draw, I used a clip on this one. Now, this is the second one that I had. And I want you to know that everything I tell you about this one was 100% true with the first one I had as okay. well. Okay. Um, so two for two on this. Uh, the, the draw on it was medium draw, so uh, not... Not tight, mm -hmm. not super loose, but felt, you know, felt pretty nice. Um, I got creamy, sweet chocolate, pepper, spice, and leather on the lips uh, with the pre-light draw. When I, uh, on the initial light, chocolate, toast, and pepper blast backed by cedar with big, big savory smoke, like big smoke came out of this thing uh, immediately. Great for smoke rings. Mm. And I did blow smoke rings. Um, the first third is settling into a setting into a sweet and toasty experience with enough spiciness behind it to keep it interesting. Sweet notes include chocolate powder, sweet uh, coffee, toast. Spicy notes include pepper and cinnamon. Cedar dryness rounds out the palate, and uh, and the finish is sweet and cedar with a touch of leather. Now I want to talk about retro hail here. Mm -hmm. If you're not familiar with what retro hail is, you can do this uh, by the way with. Uh, whiskeys with cigars, right. uh, pipe tobacco. So, why don't you explain a little bit about what so retro how, you, how you get to the retro right? Hail. So, with the cigar, you don't inhale smoke, you, you puff, uh, you uh, enjoy the smoke, and then you puff it back out. You don't inhale the right. smoke. Uh, Never if a you good do, idea. 
Never a good will, idea. You will know it immediately yeah. and you will never smoke a cigar again. <laughs> <laughs> Word to be a while. Yeah. But anyway, so the retrohale is when that uh, when that smoke is in your mouth and you let it come out gently out of your nose. Right. Uh, so you exhale gently out of your nose. It gives you a little bit different way to experience it on the palate. You will pick up many different flavors. And I will tell you, uh, I, I've had people, uh, when I drink a whiskey and I talk about some of the notes that come up on the retro hand, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm like, take a sip, take a breath, take a sip, enjoy the flavor, swallow, out. and then let that breath out gently out of your nose. And you'll pick up all kinds of flavors in the mm-hmm. whiskey For that sure. you don't always pick up. You know, uh, just on the palate. So it's really interesting. Retrohale. The retrohale on this cigar is exquisite. Toast, chocolate, cedar, and caramel. Nice. Every exhale had this just sweet caramel thing going on. It was really interesting. It didn't really show up, I think, in the smoke itself. But, but just in the retrohale. Every time on the, on the retrohale. The second third is copious amounts of ring-producing smoke. Add a fun element. Cedar, oaky notes are consistent, pleasant. Uh, sweet, creamy chocolate and toast blend well with the spicier flavors to produce an exceptional medium body experience. The retrohale is cedar and cinnamon toast with caramel. I mean, it was... That sounds pretty tasty. It was, <laughs> it was really good. The last third of this, uh, the th- uh, third third of this, the sweet toast and chocolate developed kind of an, exp- an espresso bitterness uh, undertone and a hint of nuttiness to it, like all of that in the best possible way, like, you know, just a little bit. Um, spicy notes are the foundation, and rather than distract, it adds to the complexity. The uh, retrohale is cedar, cinnamon, toast, and caramel, solid ash, perfect burn. Every single bit of this was solid ash, perfect burn. This thing burned like a razor all the way down. Nice. You'll note it in the picture up here and the picture over here at some point in time. And don't forget the picture The o- picture here. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> so smoke rings are plenty in the perfect burn for the entirety of the cigar. I CAO is back. I think like this, if anything, like if they follow up anything, they have to keep their quality control like well, this. The the Flathead series, I thought, was where they really kind of reasserted the themselves. Flathead was probably the uh the uh the foot in the door to getting back to a yeah. real good yeah. cigar. But you Agreed. know they put out that flathead and then a lot of their other stuff they didn't change for a long time. Right. So the right. flathead series was good. Then they started putting out the bones and they put out the session. They're coming out and then the it looks like they started paying attention to the uh legacy uh the legacy labels brands, right? that they yeah, had, exactly, you know. Yeah. Um uh this cigar was ten ninety nine. Hmm. I give it a seven. Wow, dude. Maybe a seven plus. Wow. Like that's, this cigar that's is for a, fantastic. For a cigar over eight or nine dollars to yeah, get ten ninety nine of the score. This you is know? this is worth the drive to Galveston. Absolutely. So uh, the funny thing is when uh, when I smoked the first one, um uh, uh, Alan decided to have a little fun with me. He goes, Let me tell you that cigar is sixteen dollars. I said I'd still rate it probably a five plus or a six. He was wow. like, "Wow, really?" I was like, "Yeah, no, it's that kind of good." And both the cigars you and he had, goes, "No, it's actually you know eleven dollars." Both of the cigars you had were uh, were equally good, exceptional. I mean, they they smoked both of them smoked razor tight the whole fantastic. way down, no construction issues. I mean, they they were fantastic flavor profile, everything. Well, for my part this week, I went for a Perdomo 10th Anniversary Maduro Super Toro. Man, that's uh, hard to go wrong with. Well, let's let's see how this worked out. All I picked right. this up in the humidor at Specs. Cigar just looked like a Maduro flavor bomb. I mean, just visually, you're thinking this is going to have all that Maduro sweetness. And, and, and all and those Perdomo uh, 
anniversary wrappers are kind of a yellowish tint. Yes, too. they are. Yeah, very interesting. So lots of chocolate and sweetness made up the pre-light sniff, and the cold draw was effortless with notes of chocolate and I want to stress this candy licorice, you know, kind of like a red vine. Yeah. Not licorice, licorice, like the black stuff. You know what I'm right. talking about? But more that that sweeter candy. More licorice, like something that like is candy licorice, you know, that is licorice, black licorice flavor. Right, right. Exactly. Right, right. Uh, it was also a very attractive cigar from the chocolate brown Maduro leaf of the wrapper to the shiny, radiant quality of the band to the gentle corners of the box press. I'm making the cigar that's, sound. That's really nice. Making the cigar sound kind of sexy, aren't I? You yeah. spent a little more time on it. I did. Uh, the 10th anniversary of Maduro is a Nicaraguan Puro. All the tobacco comes from Nicaragua, from the Maduro wrapper, all the way through the binder and filler. It was also rolled in Nicaragua at Tabacalera Perdomo. I used a punch, and I took a torch lighter to the foot of the Perdomo to light it up, and off I went on my cigar journey. I was completely and totally braced. For the Nicaraguan pepper blast. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't get one. Hmm. Like second or third time in the last few weeks that I've been expecting that and not really gotten it. So first half inch or so of the 10th anniversary was all about mocha, that sort of chocolatey mm -hmm. coffee combination. Also got a little bit of earth and some cedar. The mocha note was the most prominent, though, and that carried the day for the first third of the cigar. Around the beginning of the second third, the mocha note evolved to something more like espresso, Chocolate note was still there, but not quite as prominent. Cedar faded a bit, and in its place, there was a very pleasant maltiness and a hint of citrus zest. So these flavors work pretty well mm -hmm. together. Final third, um, espresso, chocolate, malt, and a little bit of citrus. In other words, pretty much exactly like the previous third. Pleasant, but not groundbreaking. Uh, construction was very good, nice even burn, and a decent quantity of smoke. I would peg the 10th anniversary of Maduro at somewhere just south of medium to full. Um, all of that said, this sounds like a cigar that I would be just crazy for. And I guess I just kept waiting it for waiting for it to impress me more than it ever did. There was certainly nothing wrong with the stick. All of the flavors were good. It wasn't harsh. It didn't burn badly. I just never wound up getting real excited about it. No mm. wow factor. Uh, at 8 to $9 a stick, I'm not expecting an Opus X. Right. You know? Uh, but I know still there are quite a few cigars in that price range that pretty much knock my socks off. You know? That's a, that's a you know, the 6 to $9. That, that's my sort of normal range. Um, and that's what I kept hoping the Perdomo 10th Anniversary Maduro was going to knock my socks off. So overall... Not a thing wrong with the cigar, which makes me want to give it a five, right? Hmm. Uh, but the problem with that is that then I would be saying that I got what I paid for. And considering I could have had an Oliva's Siri V Double Robusto. Yeah, well. Or an Alec and Bradley Kentsugi Corona Gorda. Or an A.J. Fernandez Bella Artez Toro at that same price. It makes it kind of hard to say that the Perdomo 10th Anniversary Maduro was in quite the same league as those. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely. Yeah. Did it wow me? No. I think after 290-plus episodes, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just getting a little too jaded. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but price to quality, I'll give it a 4.5. Find a way to make this cigar for 6 bucks, and Perdomo would have a solid winner. Uh, but if you really want to go Perdomo, I would say save a buck and get one of their Lot 23 Maduros instead, because that cigar has some real 
wow factor. That's a great cigar. And yeah. It really is. And and it's one I used to smoke a lot. I haven't had one in a long time. And smoking this one made me say, I, I need to pick up some I will, Lot 23s. Those I are good. I will tell you what's right in that price range that I love from uh, Perdomo is the 10th anniversary champagne. Yes, that is a wonderful cigar. Uh, it's lighter. And but it it's seems wonderful. to me like, because the Maduro came out much later, it seems to mm -hmm. me like maybe people were like, man, you should make a Maduro of this and maybe came out as an afterthought. I'll tell you this about the champagne. That cigar will will go with more of the whiskeys in your bar than just about any other cigar it's, I can yeah, think of. Yeah, it's a fantastic it, it cigar. It really is a great cigar to to pair with uh, with almost any kind if of If you have or the Glenmorangie original, the 10, uh -huh. and you pair it with that cigar, it is really something it's special. It's a wonderful yeah. thing. It's a wonderful thing. All right, we're going to take a uh, break, and we will be right back with our next segment. we got some beers to taste, including the Loggerhead Lager from Galveston Island Brewing Company. And, uh, we I have, can't uh, wait because I'm thirsty. More, more exciting things to tell you. I'm a little thirsty myself. <laughs> I love doing this show. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. We are the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Man, Show things. number 293 is in the house today. We'll be uh, sharing with you. That's uh, halfway to 333. Yes, it is. I, I'm feeling good about that, too. Uh, we're going to share with you some uh, some great uh, some great drinks to make with, uh, with whiskey, and we're going to be ranking those based on a recent list that we've we've come across you know how much i love lists so lists yeah. upon lists yeah. um there's an interesting thing happening in craft beer while you open up the loggerhead lager and pour it uh, uh let me share this with you it's a very interesting article in the washington post and i'd been thinking about this for a while but I, it was the first time i'd seen anybody write about it um the article basically says that there's a polarizing divide in craft beer right now that more and more craft beer drinkers are wanting either very high ABV craft beer or none at all. Nobody wants the middle as ground. In, as in non-alcoholic uh, craft beers because there's always uh, um, there's always more and more of those uh, coming out. The, the article tells the story of a college student uh, named Danny Tejada and, uh, and interviews him about this. He says he performs the same calculation each time. He takes stock of the beer's prices the packaging sizes, and most importantly, their alcohol content. He says, if I'm going to drop down 12 bucks for a six-pack, I want to make sure that the alcohol content is 6% or higher. That way I can just drink one or two and be satisfied and still have a couple of beers left for later. All right. he's, he's, if, I'm sorry, I said he was a college student. He's a college counselor. If, if you live in Texas, by the way... Mm -hmm. The best bang for the buck, yeah. If that's your criteria, yeah. is Devil's Backbone. Oh yeah, Devil's Backbone oil. is because it's like eight and a half or nine percent, and it's and like, it's the price of an average six pack. Know, it's great too, it's <laughs> and very, it's a good, very, good beer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so really a six is. pack will put you forty five degrees from normal. So uh, the this particular economic calculation has really been taking hold within craft beer, where according to the article in the Washington Post, beers with an ABV percentage higher than eight. Which is mostly double and even triple IPAs, but also Belgian style triples, Imperial stouts. Those beers with eight or more ABV have gained five percent market share versus four years ago. Wow! All right, uh, that's according to chain retail sales data from the Beer Institute and Nielsen IQ. Now, during that same uh, period, 
Non-alcoholic beers have also gained a full one percentage share in those same grocery stores, pharmacies, and big box stores. So growth at the low and high end has come in at the expense of the historic sweet spot of beer, which is the only ABV range in beer to lose share in the past four years, and that's the four, five, and six percent. That's crazy beers, which is interesting because I will say that most of the beers that I drink are in the five, six, maybe seven. And then occasionally I will have something higher or something lower, more sessionable in the 4% range or or even, you know, we had an awfully good non-alcoholic beer on the show that last was week, if you remember. surprisingly yeah, good. from Untitled yeah. Art. It was fantastic, yeah. yeah. And I, Like, there's no way I would have known that that was non-alcoholic until about 10 or 15 minutes later. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, I'm thinking we may want to try to do, at some point on the show, uh, a non-alcoholic craft beer blind taste test. Let's do it. But I'm thinking that whatever week we do that, we really need to have like we need for to chase spirit, every single one with a spirit. Like an overproofed whiskey or something. You know, <laughs> something something really outrageous. A Chris Hart special, you know? Uh, something like that. I got a barrel rum at the house. It's like 136%. Let's do it, baby. And you know that I, I know that rum you're talking about. It's it's almost not even rum. And it's, it's like whiskey that tastes it's like, like rum. Delicious. It though. really is good. Yeah. It really is good. So on to Galveston, we're loggerhead lager. What's the ABV on this baby? Five. Okay, so that's definitely five. This is a. I was doing research while you were jabber jawing over there, and um, I got to tell you, it's it's good. Well, well, you know, it's it's interesting. I just wanted to mention this about the ABV. It's interesting that those numbers say what they say because one of the things that has been really growing in the past year, past couple of years, has been loggers and pilsners as craft breweries really work on making them really exceptional. I think those are generally in the. Four, five, six. Right. I think that's opening the door, though. The fact that uh, the lagers have become the thing to make, and obviously they're tougher for a brewery to make because they take longer and mm-hmm. um, and they take more skill to make a a beer that's lighter but still flavorful. Um, so I think that uh, that's opened the door as well to being able to take that kind of uh, skill to making mm-hmm. a lighter alcohol content beer, a very sessionable beer, some of the lower alcohol contents, and even some of the uh, low-calorie beers on right. top of that, because right. we've had some low-calorie beers that are actually pretty good. Yeah, well, I the uh, first one that comes to my mind is the Founders All Day IPA. Yeah. That's just a really good IPA. Yes, it won't you know, give you the give you a buzz as quickly. It's not high octane, no. But it's a delicious beer to drink, and it's very sessionable, and it, it can allow you to have... If you're wanting an IPA, like on a summer day by the pool, this one's not going to, you know, bog you down. Now I realize you're the guy that'll drink Imperial Stouts by the pool. I get it. I have no but problem with not that. everybody is is in that. I went, I went on my uh, camping trip. I did not go float the river this year because uh, yeah. I had to leave on that day and play a gig, and uh, amongst other things. However, uh, I did drink quite a few heavy beers while I was out there and whiskeys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I find this beer delicious. Yeah, so Galveston uh, Galveston Brewery seems to have a knack for uh, just making a really good sessionable beer overall. Everything we've had from them has been We had one of their beers, good. Galveston Island Brewing Company, uh, just a few weeks back. I'm trying to remember now what it Me was. Me and my wife stopped there uh, uh, last year, middle of last year at some mm-hmm. point in time. Stopped there and sat out on the patio and I had a cigar and a... Uh, and uh, it was at that time where they were, they had to justify being open by having food. So they every beer you bought, they'd give you a pretzel. Oh yes, I, I remember the uh, I remember that from the um, from during the pandemic, right? 
Yes, you had to be yes. ser- serving food if you were going to be open. So for Galveston Loggerhead Lager uh, brewed on island. It says so. Uh, if you're in Galveston, and um, and you're from Galveston, and you're born on the island, that's apparently a very big deal there. Mm. Um, and uh, that's that's their own Galveston politics. There, adult loggerhead sea turtles can crush prey with a bite force of over five hundred uh, five hundred pounds. That's pretty serious. The more you know. <laughs> Get a little sparkle from my eye. We do need um, a, a, a um, the more you know, smoking a toast and uh, thing that sweeps across the screen. Adam, can you work on that, please? Hint, hint. Uh, loggerhead sea turtles nest on Texas shores. Loggerhead nests have been found on the upper Texas coast over the last few years, even though their primary nesting site uh, in the U.S. is Florida. This beer benefits Gulf Center for Sea Turtles Research. A portion of proceeds from each loggerhead logger goes to the research activities and conservation priorities uh, that will protect sea turtles' populations and their vital habitats from the beaches to the oceans. I like that. Very cool. Very cool. That makes me kind of want a little more of it. Mm-hmm. It's also, actually, it tastes good. It's actually quite delicious, which yeah, is a, a good quality for a beer to have. Uh, I get definitely a lot of that uh, sort of a lager malt uh, vibe up front uh, from this. It's very, it's very classic beer. Yes, you know, it's does very that make sense? Beerish. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's very, very beerish kind of classic beer. Classic beer flavored yeah. beer. But but beer, beer is is a good flavor. But it's malty, and this is not like super crispy. I wouldn't say. Mm. That's correct. It's got a little a sweetness the, to the finish. A lot of the pilsners and lagers that we've had uh, over the past, you know, several months here, as we've been trying to do more of these on the show, have had a real crispness. Some to of the them finish. can be, you know, damn near an IPA. Right. So it's right. so crispy. Right. There is but. a there is a uh, a little bit of hop on mm-hmm. the aftertaste, but it's not a, an extremely hoppy beer. It's it's really no. It pulls just enough really of the sweet good. out of the aftertaste to to make you want to go in for another. Uh, another sip. I like this. I'm, I'm yeah. a fan. Yeah, very, very good and easy enough to find in our locale. I don't know whether any of Galveston Island Brewing's products are available outside of Texas or not. But again, I will just I will reiterate this for the show. If anybody wants to contact us, if you're in another state and send us some of your state's beers, we will be happy to reciprocate, reciprocate. by sending you out some great uh, Texas beers. You just give us a sense of what you like, and we'll do a beer trade, and that will be uh, that will be a blast. We can always use. Beers from different locations uh, mm-hmm. uh, to to feature here on the show, and I will say uh, I've got to get back on the uh, Tavor app and uh, start buying some more beer. I had to I had to lay off of it for a while because I was just ordering everything. The, the Tavor app yeah. will eat your money. <laughs> yes, it, it's a wonderful <laughs> thing, and I got us some great beers for the show on there because they're things that we might not yeah. have been able to buy here in uh, in Texas. Oh, and I got really excited. By the way, you know the little store that's downstairs in my building where yeah, they yeah. really have a great selection of craft beer i'm so jealous that but you, could, you could literally walk down there in your yeah. bathrobe yeah oh, and get beer and, and i have done that trust me <laughs> Just go right uh, i have done that they don't even look at me funny anymore <laughs> uh it's it's a pretty cool thing but no uh they they do a pretty good job of rotating in new stuff mm-hmm. every one, once in a while and i noticed i haven't bought it yet but i noticed uh just a, a day or two ago they they brought in some clown shoes Oh, and nice. I'm so excited because I love clown shoes. It's just one Actually, of those. So fun. They were one of those early, very experimental kind yep. of breweries that went with yep. a lot of big beers and stuff. That, uh, and that I will never forget well. going to the uh, Galveston. We're all about Galveston today, apparently. Uh, <clears throat> my day started off in Galveston, uh, yeah. but uh, I remember going to the first uh, Brewmasters uh, right the the convention they had in Galveston. Yes. Yes. I think it was called Brewmasters Galveston. That's something like that. But clown shoes, like we walked in. 
uh, there was a couple funny things you noticed. First off, a Budweiser and Miller had these giant booths in the middle, like, and then all these other little craft breweries are all around the outside mm-hmm. edges mm-hmm. of it. And uh, nobody was at the clown shoes booth. And me and my wife walked up to her like, oh, I'd like to try some. And they had uh, Hoppy Feet. Yes, Hoppy Feet. I remember had, that. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, Muffin Top. Uh, Muffin Top, yes. And, a classic uh, clown shoes right, beer. Yeah, and, and a couple others. And we were trying. I was like, holy crap, this is good beer. Like, we were mm-hmm. blown away. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, everyone we talked to were like, man, you got to try the clown shoes. And within within a couple hours, you couldn't even get near the clown right. shoes People booth. I mean, the line. It. Yeah, I love all, that. And, the I whole time that. as well, mm-hmm. the ladies, the the hot girls that they put outside, the Miller Lite and the Bud Light. Oh booth, yeah, they were just kind of standing were around, so incredibly bored, just standing there, <laughs> like no one would even, no one would even get beer. From. I'll tell you uh, an interesting, funny. an interesting sort of beer wars story, because those those two big beer companies, you know, Anheuser Busch and Miller, mm-hmm. they really don't like each other very much, and. I lived uh, uh, for about four years in St. Louis, which is the headquarters of Anheuser-Busch. Mm-hmm. And I was working in radio, and we would do these, you know, bar night appearances where I would go out and host, you know, did party you head games. For the mountains? I did not head for the mountains. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I didn't. Uh, but we do these uh, appearances at evening in different nightclubs and stuff where we go out and, you know, host like some party games and mm-hmm. give away prizes and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's fun. You get a talent fee and get to meet a lot of people and you get to have drinks. Uh, nice. And so, but there was this one particular night that I went to this one club. I want to say it was Senior Frogs, which you've probably heard of Senior Frogs as a chain of of, right. of bars. Um, but this one particular night I went out there uh, to host the show. And apparently uh, Miller, they were having a Miller promotion. It was like a dollar Miller Lights or whatever for the promotion, right? So they're serving lots of Miller Lights. And I remember the current August Bush, I think the third, uh, actually came into the bar. Really? Goes to the main bar, puts down his credit card, and orders free Bud Light for everyone in the house. So, (laughs) So the waitresses fill up their trays with Bud Lights and start carrying them around the bar. And the Miller girls were so pissed. It was just like, I thought there was going to be a rumble between the That's waitresses funny. and the Miller girls. It was just, I've never seen anything like that. But that is I guess if funny. you've got, if you've got Anheuser-Busch money and you want to, yeah, well. you know, you want to pull a little stunt, that's a, that's a pretty good one to pull. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. Good for them to uh, fight know. amongst themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they'll take each other down and That'd then be great. Sam Adams will be the reigning king of That'd beer. That'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. Wouldn't it be great if the king of beers was actually Samuel Adams, Boston Lock? Man, that Sam Adams Austin. is, that company <laughs> did it before everybody. They really did. Those guys, Sierra Nevada, yeah. uh, Anchor, yeah. those those were the early trailblazers all of craft forever. beer. And they all still make great products. And, and it's easy sometimes to look past them. And, and, and look for at those the crazy of you who ones, are thinking, you know? okay, but what about like Straub and Yingling and all those? Yeah, a lot of those really like in the local sense yes. stuck through and you could get those. But right. we're talking about the ones that were available everywhere yangling is becoming available in more and more places yangling is now but when i moved to philadelphia um you know 25 30 years ago 
I had never had a Yingling before. Like it never had been available any place I had lived, right. and I've lived all over the country. Uh, so I was like, "Oh, what's this Yingling thing about?" And people were there. Oh, Yingling! You got, you got to. It's, <laughs> it's like a, a, a thing there, you know. Uh, but I have noticed that as as it has expanded, it has picked up a lot of fans in the uh, areas where it's now. Well, they've gotten available. big enough to where when they had to sit down and wrestle with the TABC laws here in Texas, yeah, they were like, "Okay, well, we'll just." Open a brewery here. <laughs> <laughs> always a good so idea. So they did up in uh, yeah. Dallas, yeah. Fort Worth. Area, yeah, they just opened a up idea. a brewery, and now yeah. they don't have to deal with quite as much of the tape, I believe. Is- I, I, I I would think that's probably true. And, you know, same thing like Oscar Blues opened yeah. a, a brewery in Austin. Uh, that's a nice a number, place, too. Yeah, I've been there a number of times. Been a number of uh, breweries that have opened a satellite. Uh, uh, NOLA has yeah. a satellite brewery in uh, in Houston. And uh, that's that trend, I think, is happening more and more. But it's going to be interesting to me to see things are changing and shifting so much in the, in the craft beer landscape in the post pandemic. Yeah. Not that I'm saying the pandemic is over, but well, us recognizing it as a reason not to go so out I think seems the, to be over. The, the, one of the things the pandemic did is it shut down a lot of breweries that, that just couldn't could make it right. and that's a sad thing it is um, but it also at that point in time if you remember like we were just amazed at how many brewers were popping up all the time mm-hmm. like crazy like popcorn you know things that have been in the works i guess before yeah the pandemic hit um, like what are you gonna do then, you might as well build and it. then once once a lot of those places shut down it left room i think for a lot of those newer places to come in i think you may be right yeah. and uh and now we're having that second wave of that huge growth i think of the locals and we talked about it a few shows ago where uh like some of the local breweries are just opening up as a local spot they're not they're not really talking about getting uh you know, huge distribution and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They're fine if they make it down to the local HEB. Right, right. Or exactly. you just come by the brewery. But a lot of places are making their breweries a destination to be, and it's really nice, you know? I apologize for that. I usually turn the ringer off. <laughs> um, uh, but, you know, you're 100% right. And and so think of it like they've kind of done their own restaurant yeah. and bar but they also have a brewery there. Yeah. It's it's almost like that, and the, and they purposely keep it on a small scale mm-hmm. to begin with until they can branch out. I mean, I just think of like our friends at True Anomaly. Yeah, you know that's a fairly small operation, but they're now not only in all the specs and total wines and stuff around the greater Houston area, but I'm finding them in grocery stores yeah. now. You know, and that's that's kind of a big deal. What seems to be happening is there seems to be more and more of a recognition. That craft beer is what a more discerning customer is looking for. So if you're in a, I don't want to make this sound classist, if you're in a nicer grocery store, one that's trying to cater to perhaps people with a little more discretionary income, they're going to have a greater likelihood of having a bigger selection of craft well, beer. you got to because they're, as they're a trying store, to appeal to their customer. As a store, you got to know your demographic. Over right. over in my neighborhood, if you find craft beer, you are lucky. Um, there's not <laughs> <laughs> like at HEB, it's a grocery store. You can find some, yeah. But uh, at the at the corner stores, uh, I walked in there and they had uh, Kona Big Wave on sale for like four dollars a six pack because Jeez. they couldn't sell it. Wow. I'm sure you availed yourself. I of... bought cases of it. <laughs> of you course know, you here's did. the deal. Yeah. It's yeah. not an amazing beer, but it's it ain't bad. Good beer. And at $4 yeah. a six pack, yeah. I drank about four cases of it. Yeah, I hear you. Not all at once. 
that's good to know. Two sessions. But anyway, <laughs> you get the idea. <laughs> it's good to know you used and you exercised restraint. Discretion. I think that's important. But, but yeah, but no, I mean, so it's, right, it's funny because you really do know, got to know your demographic. And uh, and in my neighborhood, I will tell you that if you walk into the HEB, there are about six doors of Miller Light and six doors of Bud Light. And see, here's what's interesting to me. And there's one door and maybe a half of craft beer. And most of that is Carbock. I will tell you, though, that now... If you walk into, say, the Specs in Midtown, and this has shifted over the years, there's basically only two cooler doors with Bud, Bud Light. Right, right. And then there's another couple of cooler doors with the quote-unquote imports, the Coronas and the Dos Equis yeah. and, and, and those beers, right? And and then the rest of it, which it's still is way more than half of the cooler yeah. doors, uh, is all craft. And yeah. it's amazing. Now, in fairness, Carbach is included in that. Yeah. And Carbach... For those of you who aren't from, you know, our area, Carbach was our local craft brewery that got bought by Anheuser-Busch. Mm -hmm. And so they have a real leg up in terms of distribution oh, because yeah. of the, you know, because of the muscle of Anheuser-Busch. And their beers are not bad. They really aren't. Uh, they're not my favorite, but they're yeah. not bad. Uh, I will say, went back to an Astros game. My brother came to town last week and nice. uh, we went to an Astros game. And I was so excited because the place he had bought the tickets and he gifted us the tickets. Uh, but the the place that the, the seats were, there was a St. Arnold booth right there. I was so excited because because there's uh, there's Carbock all over the place. I always, I always have to be like uh, like like between like, like first base and uh, right field there. Yeah, yeah. Because you and then like on the second or third floor is that's where it is. Exactly that's where, where the, I was. Oh man, because that's, exactly where, Cause I was. that's <laughs> where the good beer place yeah, is. Right. There's a Saint, there's a Saint Arnold's one, and then there's a little store, like a little convenience store, where you can go in and get your own uh, beer. Yeah, and, there and you have, go. Well, uh, I will say I really enjoyed some uh, uh, summer pills while I was there. That was yeah, a perfect beer for baseball. I've been drinking much summer pills. That was a perfect beer for baseball. Uh, we got to have our uh, friends from uh, St. Arnold back on again. Yeah, that's they just, were so that's fun. just such a good, uh, such a good brewery, man. They, they be interesting to see who we have next. Yeah, because we've had them on what three times now. It's As three different, different person every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd love to get Brock on. Man, that'd be the, great. The, the that'd be amazing. Brewer. I'd love to get him on. I, I, I know he does some of these type of things, but he's obviously. Fairly busy, so there's that. All right, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to take a uh, quick break. We ran a little long with the first segment, so we'll even that out here. Uh, we'll take a, a break, and we will come back when we do. We're going to do just a little more beer tasting. This time, we're going to drink us some damaged fruit. Not damaged, just a little... Imperfect produce. Imperfect, yes. Uh, <laughs> it's the Citrus Rescue Beer. Uh, it's the IPA from uh, New Belgium Brewing Company. We will taste it next. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. It's show number 293. We'll be ranking the best drinks made with whiskey on today's program. And uh, talking, of course, about some pretty exciting cigars that are coming out that you want to be on the lookout for. Drinking news is still ahead of us. That has proven for some unfathomable reason to be the most popular <laughs> part of the show. So that's why we save it for later to try to get you to try to trick you into, uh, you know, staying with us, listening and watching for longer. But uh, anyway, we're excited to get to that. So during the break, I was pulling out the can of Citrus Rescue, Citrus IPA from New Belgium. And Ian rightly informs me, I think we've had this one on the show before. 
And so I did a quick little search of my notes, and sure enough, I think we had it on show number 278. So we'll be tasting it again. And that's okay. And if that's I remember okay. correctly, we really liked it. Well, I, I've had some of this at home, and I can tell you, yeah, I, I can already tell I'm you. I'm almost I liked positive it. that after so. we tried it that first time, I went home, or on my way home, I picked some up. But it's it's a very interesting <clears throat> IPA because it's not necessarily, I'm not going to say it's not hazy at all, but that's not its primary characteristic. It's more of a, uh, of a, of a citrusy flavor than it is trying to be a juicy. Right uh, IPA, and so it's a. It, I don't know. It's just interesting. I'd say open it up and let's. Uh, yeah, I let's love have on the one can again too. They have a uh, orange on it that's kind of funky looking. It's got some googly eyes. Yeah, and of course they are using Citrus Rescue and, produce. So. And then on the other side of the can, they have it kind of in a different position, looking, <laughs> looking all googly eyes. He's looking and all. Fun. Uh, yeah, he's looking all shy and uh, put that in the camera. Kind of a there. Mr. Potato Head of. Uh, of uh, so you can see it in the picture over here. Mm hmm. All right. I'm doing this. I know Adam's going to put it some other place. That's that's what makes it fun. Yeah. <laughs> Adam is our producer in the cloud, and uh, so he's the one that gets the show ready for air. So, oh, that was a particularly that's, good one. That's pretty good, right? Adam, if you were recording there, you may want to save that one for future use. <laughs> you could dub it in when we get a disappointing uh, can right. open uh, sound effect. Uh, along with also, our whenever we get to the point where like we have to actually edit any curse words, we can use that sound. Oh, can can be what replaces of- the curse word? <laughs> <laughs> you stupid. Yeah, I like that. That works for me. Uh, so, yeah. So I will admit, yes, I do like this beer a lot, but we will taste it and talk about it, uh, even though that is hey, already. Here's a, the deal. A, no, it's a, okay to talk thing. about a beer more than once. Yeah. I have no problems with that. The only thing I'm a little embarrassed about is is that it wasn't. Something we did a long time ago. It was maybe like 15, 20 shows ago. Well, I should remember that. Here's the thought process. We're at 290 what? 293 as of today. Times three beers minimum per show. Right, right. It's a That's lot of beers. a lot of beers, buddy. <laughs> We've tried really is. a lot Please, of beers. If my doctor is is listening, <laughs> stop just listening. Stop listening. Yeah. <laughs> Please, just stop listening. They always ask you, you know, how, how much do you drink? And... Uh, I, I think they must know that everyone rounds that down to at least some degree. You know? <laughs> you they probably to. have a chart. Yeah. If he says one drink per day, it's six. Right. If exactly. he says, right. oh, you know, I have a glass of wine. Yeah, it, you a know, bottle. It's, it's a bottle. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> one glass equals one bottle. No, that's 100% true. It's 100% true and, and accurate. All right, so Citrus Rescue. I love New Belgium Brewing, by the way. You know, I think uh, these guys really yeah, know what we had the, uh, we had the uh, one of the Voodoo Ranger series on not too long ago too. Okay, their, so their beers are just I'm just going to tell you, solid. you know, of course, that I am an IPA fan. Mm-hmm. I have discovered the Voodoo Ranger 12 pack. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's all IPAs, uh-huh. but it's like four different ones. Yeah, and I've been buying that lately, and they're all so good. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I I figured it out actually. I did a. a I was doing an Amazon uh, grocery delivery for the first time. I'd done one from Amazon, right? Because I'm I'm so disgusted with DoorDash that I'll never use them again. They suck. Uh, but uh, but anyway, I was trying out Amazon's grocery delivery because they had something that I wanted and I was going to get it. And it was the type of thing that if you spent thirty five dollars, the delivery was free. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, is there anything else I need? I'm looking through trying to see if I can get to. 35 bucks without beer. buying something ridiculous. And I was like, I wonder if they have craft beer. I searched craft beer, and sure enough, there was the Voodoo Ranger pack. I'm like, yes! Uh, so, he shoots, he scores. Yes. So uh, so that was what got me started on them, and then I've been buying them ever since. They're just 
all of those IPAs. Are this uh, this one's not in it, by the way. But this um, is well, yes, this is not in the Voodoo Ranger line. Um, but the Voodoo Ranger line is very much more uh, starting off with a traditional IPA kind of uh, kind of base, and then and then going from there. This so you, is you know what this beer reminds me of when you get like a fresh squeezed orange juice, and there has been. No sweetening no sugar added. added yeah, yeah, no sweetening added. So it's got almost a little bit of like when you go to Harry's. Yeah, yeah. It's got almost a little bit of of sour citrus to it. It's not a it's not a hard sour, but it's just a got a little bit of that bitter citrus bitter to it. That's what this reminds me. of. It's very authentically orange. Yeah, you know, not Harry's. Uh, uh, Harry's uh, restaurant or cafeteria or whatever it is. Cafe, you know what I'm I talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Harry's Cafe. Mm -hmm. That place is so good. Like uh, they they have a little machine that they just stick the oranges in. They cut them in half, stick them in. They, when you order orange juice, it is literally right from the orange. It's awesome. Right. So that makes me think of going to brunch, which uh, I'll tell you a quick story while we're uh, enjoying the Citrus Rescue. Which, by the way, fantastic. Buy it. Absolutely it's it's wonderful. It's just got such a real citrus taste to it. It's not like a. Uh, a sweetening, sweetening. And it's not a big taste. over the top IPA flavor either. Mm -hmm. So it's not like a super right. Hop There's bomb. no hop bitter on it. Yeah, it's definitely there, but it's it's like really orange good. with some hop and so, beer. It's good. So speaking of brunch, do you know who Bun B is? Mm -hmm. So he's like Houston rapper, right? Right, right, right. Uh, uh, Port but, Arthur, I think. Actually, yeah, but, right. Okay. Houston area. Sure, I mean, yeah. I never heard him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he is. Uh, <laughs> uh, so he's a very nice guy. I've met him. He's. Um, he on the side has been doing these little pop-up burger stands. Nice. And he was recently his burger, they're called Trill Burger, right? His burger was recently named the best burger in America by what? I think Good Morning America, I think is who it was. I, I may have that wrong, but it's something something like that, right? Named Bun B's Trill Burger, the best burger in America. So, of course, Holy this, cow. this makes the news, right? And he's working on opening up an actual standalone restaurant. But all he's done so far is just like little Trill Burger pop-ups, and people find out they're there and they come. So yesterday, or, or, or Sunday, rather, was a Trill Burger pop-up at noon at 8th Wonder. Now, 8th Wonder's brewing really yeah, close to my house. Yeah. Love going there. You and I have gone there for Wish cigars I'd and beers. Known. Well, uh, actually, yeah, probably probably best that you didn't. I get in the car. I got up early enough to get everything done so my wife and I could go over there. We, <laughs> we drive over there at like a little before noon, right? Oh, is that it's noon, it's noon to three, uh, I think, but it's only while they last. The line stretched way out in back of Eighth Wonder. And I think we actually got there just a little bit after noon, so the doors had opened at noon. So what that meant is that Eighth Wonder was already full. To capacity. Wow. And they were waiting to let people in to come and get their trill burgers. And I I, I bailed. Yeah. Because because it was it it was there was no way to stand in that line except right in the middle of the sun. And, and I just it's didn't too want hot. to. It's, it's too hot. hot. Yeah. So we went someplace and had a burger. But I've Besides, yet to, I've at some yet point to in time the, the hype will, will settle down. Yeah. And uh, but I really want to try one because yeah. I because I love Bun B. He's just such a cool guy yeah. and uh and so talented. And but to be named the best burger in America? That's wow. pretty wild. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So here's to you, Bun B. Even though we haven't tasted the burger, we're going to take it on faith. And 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 I don't know why I told that. Oh, we were talking about brunch. So it just made me think of Sunday brunch. So so Ian and I are going to do a thing here um, 
where we're going to try to go out on Tuesday evenings to a local um, craft brewery every week or, or, you know, nearly every week mm-hmm. and, and just talk to them about their beer, see if we maybe do a quick little segment there and, and uh, you know, invite them to be on the show and then drink. Yes. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so many, you know, we've mentioned this before in the show, but the Houston area, which is where we do the show, there's over 60 craft breweries in the greater Houston area. Yep. That's a lot. We, yep. could, we could be doing this forever and, and we want to expand. So if you've got a, uh, if you've got a great craft brewery in your area, uh, you know, invite us. Yeah. Yeah. Let's know. We, we'd love the road trip. We, we dig it. This is a, I'm going to say it's a really exceptional beer. This is good. It's a, it's really, really good. If you want a good summery beer with some, some orange mm-hmm. fruit. Yeah. And, uh, and it's nice and crisp. It's pretty fantastic. It is. It really um, is. is uh, I'm what did I see? 6.5%. Mm-hmm. So it's right a, in that forgotten area. <laughs> yeah. Of, India of pale ABV. ale with orange juice, orange peel, and natural flavors. Mm-hmm. You can definitely tell it has orange peel. That's part of what gives yeah. it that sort of natural orange flavor. Yeah. 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 Very good. Very good. Recommended highly. Buy some. I, I got to pick up more of these. I held, held on to this one because I didn't think we had had it on the show. And I'm, I'm glad you brought it. I'm okay with that. It's delicious. <laughs> okay. Okay. Good. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, some cigars to watch for. We're that much closer to uh, drinking news. And we still are going to share with you uh, a ranking of the best drinks made with whiskey. We're looking forward to that. That's coming up. Plus, uh, we taste a little tequila coming up next on nice. Smoking and Toasting. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 293, which puts us officially halfway to 333. 333 it is. Which that's going to be the big celebration is 333. So we're we're looking forward to that. That's a ridiculous thing, but we're kind of ridiculous people, so I think I'm okay with that. I think it works. Ian, do letters and numbers have colors to you? Uh, Only in my experimental years. Uh, Do they have taste and smell? I haven't noticed that. Do you taste in terms of blue and red? <laughs> Not usually. Well, if, if anyone that does may have, this is a real thing, a condition called synesthesia. And the newest blend from Osgener Family Cigars, the people who started CAO ah. before they sold it, uh, plays on this theme in much the same way. The cigar is called pie synesthesia, not pie like pi r round, pie but, like. but pi like pi r squared. Um, uh, it's yeah, an I think your art. English is a little off there. I think it may be. I is squared. Uh, uh, I'm, Sorry. I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, it's an art-inspired smoke with a label that was modeled after a painting by Kano Osgener, the, the late Kano Osgener, the talented and creative founder of CAO Cigars and Tim Osgener's uh, uh, father. Uh, the correlation between colors and numbers always appealed to my father, Tim said. Uh, he's the president of Osner Family Cigars. He always thought pi was an interesting number because it was infinite. We decided in his honor to add another element to this construct, and that's taste. Thus, the pie synesthesia cigar was born. It occurs to me that uh, I did lie about 
tasting colors because when you refer to things like Gatorade or Kool-Aid, mm-hmm. the flavors are actually red. Oh yeah, purple. Oh yeah, that's 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 a good point. lemon lime. Oddly enough, yeah, right. Which isn't yeah, an yeah. orange. Right. Which you, you know don't, you don't taste green, but you definitely taste red and purple. Yeah. Those are co- those are tastes and colors. So like, no 100%. one asks for fruit punch. Right. Give right. me red or give right. me purple. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Around uh, 2015, a few years before Kano passed away, he created an abstract painting that was meant to ascribe colors to numbers and their infinite combinations. A mini reproduction of that painting is the band of these new Pipe Sensation cool. cigars. It's a one-size line that measures six inches by a 52 ring gauge, and their limited edition Toros come in in boxes of 12. So Osner, uh, Tim, was excited to return to the cigar industry after a long hiatus, and according to him, this cigar is supposed to taste yellow if you do, in fact, have Synesthesia. All right, I know that's a song, but it makes me want to like scratch people's eyes out when I hear it. Well, I'm just saying, if you smoke one of these and you don't have synesthesia, you I don't mind yellow. Just don't play the song while we're talking about it. Oh well, there's a better song. It's called Synesthesia. It's by Andrew McMahon. Uh, but that's all right. That's that's a, a different thing. Anyway, the point is, if you don't have this uh, this uh, uh, condition or gift or whatever you want to call it, uh, you can still smoke one of these. And just think yellow. And, and we, and, right. And you can understand what yellow tastes like, if that makes sense. I wonder uh, if that's setting up for a, for a series of cigars, like what would blue taste like? Uh, th- I don't know, but it sounds green awesome. Green taste like. It sounds would, like an awesome. That's, that's a really fun I would I would try every one of them. Yeah. Cigars are 15 bucks by the time they reach the market, uh, probably this month or early next. Only 2,500 boxes, though, are being released, so you will have to... Kind of jump on if you get see them, one you want to try ASAP. them. Yeah, yeah, get one uh, ASAP. Uh, no word yet as to when the next pie synesthesia will be introduced or what color it will taste. You know what like. I really like? What vanilla and pepper? Yeah, I'm a fan of both vanilla and pepper. Yeah, that's what this that's tequila, what this tequila like. is. Yeah, I would vanilla. I wouldn't know. And <laughs> I just poured really heavy guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> Vanilla and pepper, wow, in like the best possible way. Yeah, you know it, it's what's interesting to me about this tequila, having actually already tasted this, but but I'm confirming it now, is you get a very big pepper, you get a really nice, you get a, you get a first taste of vanilla, and but then it's a not a on the super finish. spicy pepper. No, it's no. so much pepper, but it's 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 the uh, it's not like the nose of the spicier. pepper. It's not yeah. it's not the spicy like pepper burn on the palate well what's interesting though is that the finish is so buttery yeah that it almost keeps this it reminds me a little of the skelly in a way because it has almost no discernible heat on the finish no the the heat itself comes as a very friendly little hug afterwards uh-huh. and, and a little ways afterwards a too. little ways afterwards it's almost uh almost dangerous mm-hmm. uh in, in that way yeah. There's thought, a lot of uh, a lot of times when we taste liquors, um, I always think to myself, what would this taste like with a little splash of water? I don't even want to do that with this. No, this is, no, you don't want to this dilute is this at all. So dude. nice. Yeah, right so, out of the bottle. It's so easy to drink, too. Uh, you know, some tequilas are not easy to drink. They're delicious, but not necessarily easy to take them down. Uh, you know Don I mean? Cosme and Yeho is a rich blend of uh cooked agave and oak with a hint of chocolate. I go with that. Light fruit and raisins. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, our complex recipe evokes notes of vanilla and caramel and uh, lends itself to a savory, savoring sip by sip. I'm digging it. Um, yeah, that's uh, it's pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. They have some interesting stuff made in Jalisco, uh, Mexico, um, 48 to 60 hours fermentation, pot still distillation, and 12 plus uh, months aging. Right, so that's that's pretty long, even for an añejo. So yeah, because I think you only need what uh, three months. Uh, no, three months is reposado. Right, right? I think it's six months. So for an six to eight months, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you no, know, I I think this is really good, and this is the first time I've actually. I don't know how long this has been available. It's the first time I've spotted it on the shelf. Mexico, when I say available, I mean available in my store. So. Mexico is home to tequila, the iconic and formidable Chihuahua. And uh, some <laughs> that's why they have the Chihuahua. I love that Chihuahua. Uh, okay, let me start here. Mexico is home to tequila, the iconic and formidable Chihuahua, and some of the largest fiestas on earth. Inspired by Mexican artistry, the spirit of all three are captured in the Don Cosme flavored dog, which appears, uh, which features the unique notes and aromas of our handcrafted uh, tequila. I see what's going on here. So mm-hmm. they made the dog, and they put. All the different things, the fruit and the caramel. Are the colors of his, uh, and the, of his uh, appearance there. So yeah, show the that chocolate back to the, and everything show like that. that. Let's get that close to the camera so we can get a... Yeah, there you go. Really nice so, shot. So, yeah, so you can see all that stuff in the uh, picture of the dog, which is kind of cool. That's pretty neat, right? The Chihuahua. Um, yeah. Made in Jalisco, Mexico, our 100% agave azul recipes have been handed down through the generations, but the legend of agave dates back to the Aztecas. The Aztecas believe the agave plant was a gift from the gods, and dogs guided their ancestral spirit to their final resting place. Oh, they're tying it all together. Mm-hmm. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, celebrating our love of Mexico tequila and our canine companions, we bless the souls of our ancestors and applaud the master distillers in Mexico that keep the spirit of Don Cosme tequila alive from our family to yours. Please drink responsibly. You know what I like best about that uh, about that uh, uh, Chihuahua? What's that? His silence. <laughs> that really works for me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, I, I, what I like best really is the tequila that he represents. Tequila's real I, I good. I think this is real, real good. Um, La Gloria Cubana it, has gone to Mexico. We're talking a lot about Mexico. Uh, for the first time in the brand's history, La Gloria's are now offered in a dark Mexican San Andres wrapper. And they are heading to retailers. Uh, well, they actually started going to retailers last week, uh, showcasing a dark cover leaf from Mexico. The La Gloria Cubana Serie S consists of a Nicaraguan binder around a filler blend of Nicaraguan and Dominican tobacco. The cigars are made in the DR at El Credito, uh, a rolling gallery located within the General Cigar Dominicana factory uh, that is dedicated entirely to the La Gloria brand. Uh, the new Serie S is intended to be medium to full-bodied in strength, and it comes in three, as you would expect, thick sizes. The Robusto Gordo measuring 5.5 by 56, uh, the 6 by 60 Gigante, and the Presidente at 7 by 56. So there's your inner tube float down the river cigar. I am totally in on that. I totally want to try it. By the way, these cigars, these three sizes I just described, seven ninety nine, eight forty nine, and eight ninety nine. I've had their gigante before. Yeah, yeah. And and mm-hmm. that's that's the name of that particular size. Mm-hmm. It's pretty pretty I have no idea I, where the name came from. They have <laughs> they they really do have great cigars. I mean that's a solid 
uh, and have company. been for years yes, and years solid. and years and years. Uh, Great way to I will it. tell you, I remember my first uh, Gloria Cubana uh, Serie R. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember it because I was not prepared for that big of a cigar. <laughs> not size big, but flavor mm-hmm. and punch. That that's a monster. Like when I very first smoked one, I mm-hmm. was like, "Woo!" Yep, <laughs> that had me sweating a little bit. Uh, in April, Pete Johnson, uh, who's the owner of Tatuaje, announced that the uh, three previous Tatuaje releases, the Avion, uh, eight, is Avion 18? No, 13, I'm sorry. Avion 13, Tatuaje 7th, and the Tatuaje T10 uh, would ship to stores with Mexican San Andres wrappers for the first time. You sense a theme in my uh, cigar news here? Uh, of I'm things to watch it. for. Um, considering the rapper choice, it is no great surprise that he chose the moniker uh, Tuxita, uh, since the San Andres Tuxita is the name of the uh, city and municipality that's host to the vast majority of Mexico's premium cigar How do you spell industry. T U X. I'm sorry, I mispronounced it. It's Tuxla. I actually reviewed T-U-X-T-L-A. one of those just recently, the Tuxla. Yeah, the Tuxla. Uh, I'm excited for people to try these cigars, Pete Johnson uh, said when he uh, announced the series in April. The San Andres wrapper really shows how much that the wrapper can change the flavor of the cigar. Uh, we are very particular when using San Andres, making sure we use it on blends that can stand up to the heavier flavor. I think these blends work Perfectly. So, those are all some cigars you may want to be watching for. We like yeah, to I actually bring things one of those to your just to your attention. The Tuxla, you you did a review on, didn't you? I did. I gave it a six. Mm. And if I uh, if I read all of this correctly, uh, the price is about twelve fifty on these cigars. Is that mm, mine was ten dollars? Oh, well, you, you got it it, uh, I got place. it at Casa. Oh, there you go, Casa. Here's to Casa. I, I noticed you poured some more of this tequila, and I thank you, my good friend. <laughs> Your tequila uh, for, cup was broken. Yeah, there, it had a it hole. Had, it has these it. evaporative properties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is also one of those tequilas, and there are several that I have in my bar that are like this. It's it's really crazy. Whenever I turn the cup this way, it's like it just evaporates yeah, out. I know. It happens. It happens. Uh, this is one of those tequilas. I have several in my bar like this that... The flavor gets more and more interesting as you go. So I don't mean to say that the more you drink, the better you like it, but that's that's absolutely. It mentioned true. it on the bottle, uh, the caramel, and a lot of times, you know, sometimes uh, you'll you'll not recognize a flavor, or you'll start looking for that flavor once you hear it. But it took me uh, it took me quite a few sips to start getting that caramel. Mm-hmm. And uh, now that I have it in my palate, it's it's unmistakable. Right? Since. No, it's absolutely there, isn't it? Yeah, it's not. Uh, uh, but but I, I get the chocolate. I don't a get while. a lot of the fruity notes. Um, well, I guess they say the fruity uh, is in the aroma. The oakiness I, I is definitely. I can get a little like citrus zest though, like a little orange zest maybe. Maybe on the finish. Mm. Maybe I'm just capitulating. I don't know. <laughs> could be. Could be. <laughs> All right, I'm looking for my uh, looking for my list here. I apologize. Sometimes I have to scan. the list. Yeah, I'm looking for my list uh, because we need to get to this in this segment because next segment, of course, we have drinking news. And you never know, like all hell could break loose and, and we could be, you know, stuck with that for a while. So here we go. Uh, That's me uh, giving you some uh, 
So, time, some man. stall time. I, I was being that. your uh, uh, Paul Schaefer for you, a moment there. <laughs> <laughs> except you oh, would have said something. I'm showing my age again. Yeah, except you would have, and I will. With I should have well. said Quest Love. That would yeah, be a little more right. See, exactly. filling in the time. But, but <laughs> if you were really doing Paul Schaefer, you would have said, We love the list, or something like that to go with <laughs> your. To go with your. Uh, to go with your thing. Okay. The uh, 20 best drinks to mix with whiskey ranked. This is from a publication I was not familiar with prior to this list, but it looks like a pretty reputable thing. They're called Tasting Table. So we'll run down these 20, and you tell me. I'm just going to go down the list. You tell me if you want me to stop and give you more information All right, on each one. Okay, number 20. And I would have just, I would have just kicked this one off the list because this... I have no interest in this. I have negative interest in this. But number 20 is beet juice. Pass. Yeah. Hard uh, pass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I don't need to ruin a good whiskey. Producers making juice. bad faces. Mm-hmm. Hard pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 19, though, I'll go with you on this one. Club soda or seltzer. Yeah, yeah. No, that, yeah, that can be a good thing. Beet juice. That's it's club soda or seltzer. Like So the club soda does add a little bit of its own flavor a little bitter yes, and, yeah. and those kind of things like that but uh but if you just want something to have a little fizz to it there's nothing wrong with that right now number 18 is tonic so can you help me understand the difference between soda and tonic oh as maybe it i have that cocktail. backwards okay so one of them is just carbonated water as right far as that I'm would saying. be soda basically. okay that's club yeah. soda so right. no flavor difference with soda just carbonated water tonic has the bitter kind of uh right. Uh, kind of flavor to it and it's just I, as far as i know it just uses a base for your mixed drinks you know i think that's right yes uh sorry i had to grab a little battery here I'm, man those little battery banks man battery. i bought one the other day and it's like twenty thousand milliamps oh it's, it's amazing it's yeah. amazing yeah, like amazing. it charges my phone and my giant ipad and still has i had one on left. my ipad but it was uh, it ran out of juice and i've been using it all day so Apologies. So, uh, so tonic though has has a little bit of that. So it has flavor. a bitter. Uh, like you don't really want to drink mm-hmm. tonic on its own. Right. Oh no, absolutely. That's yeah. that's one hundred percent. Whereas you could drink a soda, club soda. Club on soda on its own is yeah. just fizzy water. Also, tonic, not necessarily what you want to use to get a stain out of your jacket. Mm. Club soda will work for that. Number seventeen on the list is milk. Do okay. You, do you do any? Do you do any cocktails that we? So I, one did? year I went dressed as the dude mm. for Halloween, and I and I drank Brilliant. White Russians all night. Okay, and and how how did that work out for you? Well, I, that night it was fine. The, yeah, next, the morning next morning it was yeah. a little bit curdled in well, the stomach, and it's because yeah, it's because of the milk that that one is yeah. such a, a tough thing to. So I don't know. From, like right? I, I guess in in small portions it's probably fine, and and I can see how it like makes things a little creamier and. Like that, you know. Did you abide? Uh, I did abide. Yeah, I, did abide. I had I had good quite a good time. I had my buddy Walter that was dressed as Walter. <laughs> I love that, and he looked like it. Yeah, I mean, he was that's perfect. so great. He had the yellow shooting it. glasses and everything. Was I love it. What a, what a great movie! By the way, it, it have to stop. Jeff Bridges, one of my favorite actors in the world. If you have not watched season one of The Old Man, it's on FX. Oh, I've seen that. It's on FX. I saw it on uh, on Hulu. Dude, Jeff Bridges is the man. That's all I can say. He's the man. He's pretty many. He is the man. And the old man is a wonderful sort of spy thriller slash, I don't know what you would call it. It's just, it's just I'll good. have to put that on my Check list. Check it out. The old man. It is wonderful. Jeff Bridges is wonderful. Uh, number 16, coconut water. Now, these are not cocktails that. that we're giving you. These are things to put 
in uh, I just say, some whiskey. people don't like coconut water. It has a very polarizing flavor, I think. I like coconut water. I think it's fine. You know what? I The problem that I have with it is I cannot get it in America. Okay, I lost you on that, didn't I? Yes. Bring me coconut water. Uh. <laughs> cannot get in America. So, so now I've really shown my That age. song is a little dated. I, I, I like old songs. I, I just have to have to say that. Uh, pineapple juice. <laughs> now, Keegan, Keegan, engineer is just, he's got that sideways head like, okay. Uh, yeah, that was that was. Yeah, way, I'm not for pineapple juice and whiskey. Pineapple juice. I can juice. see it going in some mixed drinks. But, like, if you're talking about literally just mixing these mm -hmm. things. With whiskey, right. I thought you were talking about like as a as a component to a mixture. Well, drink. a component to a cocktail, though. Let's say that. As a component to a cocktail, I can see that. Pineapple right, is right. fruity, you know. Yeah. And I like could also see one. there are certain whiskeys that would clash with that. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to say just whiskey in general, like which whiskey. Because like this next one, I, I would never think of putting this, just this and whiskey alone. But there are some whiskey cocktails that could use it very effectively, and that's number 14, cranberry juice. Right. Cranberry juice and whiskey by itself, I think would be nasty. Cranberry juice and vodka? Okay, gotcha. I'm with you. Those two are just fine together all by themselves. But with whiskey? I don't know. But I could see it being used in a cocktail with other ingredients, though, and it would be fun. I don't know. What's a Manhattan? What's a Manhattan? Do you know? <laughs> I, I I mean I've, I've had them before, but I don't I don't remember what they yeah. made of. I don't it, remember either. Okay, somebody something like somebody that. help us in the show notes. We appreciate it. Uh, number thirteen, grapefruit juice. And whiskey? Yeah. Uh, no, I'm I'm pass. Uh, they say in the article, we can't lie to you. This mix is intense, but it truly rewards the bold. <laughs> uh, oh, uh, so uh, so John just handed me his phone. What is a, a Manhattan drink made of? Uh, two parts whiskey, one part sweet vermouth and bitters. Huh. So that sounds better to me than okay. than, than uh, cranberry juice. Uh, pickle brine is number 12. I've seen would people you do, use would pickle. Would you do pickle brine and whiskey? Not mixed. I've seen people do that as a chaser. I'm not a big fan. Like I like pickles. I like them with food. I like them on burgers. I like them even by themselves sometimes if they're particularly good. But I would not mix pickle. I don't like pickle drinks at all. Pickle beers. Yeah, I don't to like me, the pickle beers. Yeah, they're just not one of my favorites. There's sometimes they're interesting. There's yeah. some better than others, but they're just True. not my thing. Yeah, and I'm I'm really weird about pickles in the sense that I don't like them on my burger. I like them on the side. So I'm the same way with tomatoes. Like I like the pickles on the burger. Yeah, but I order a burger with tomatoes just so I can take the tomatoes out and eat them by themselves. So you don't want that flavor. I don't in want the no, middle of your burger. because when the when the tomatoes on the burger, a lot of times mm -hmm. all I can taste is a tomato at that point. That's just like relish on hot dogs. Like I don't mind the relish flavor, but I don't want it taking over my hot dog. See, relish to me, it has to be dill pickle relish, not sweet relish. I don't like sweet oh, relish. Yeah, I don't at like all. sweet relish. Either. Yeah. Okay, so there's that. Uh, drinking vinegar is number eleven. Are you aware of what drinking vinegar actually Let me just is? Pass on that. Okay, one. yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on it as well. <laughs> uh, number ten, and I would have thought this would have been way higher on the list. Cola, as in Coke. Yeah, like, like you know, whiskey and Coke. I mean, Jack and Coke. What do you pour Without into your jack. into your uh, old granddad? Or whatever? Yeah, right. Uh, it says here, as explained by the Wikipedia, the mixture of these two makes a smooth blend of sweet and sour without compromising either. With the cola helping no, whiskey, to highlight Coke whiskey's is fine. flavors. Yeah. Um, 
while Whiskeypedia and- uh, believes that Jack Daniels whiskey truly is the perfect cola partner, bourbon well- and banter disagrees, observing that though different bourbons will change the drink's profile, uh, flavor profile slightly, in general, any bourbon will give you an enjoyable say, Okay, so combat. I was actually just about to interrupt you with that. It was uh, Jack Daniels uh, by itself, the old number seven, the black label, mm-hmm. is nasty. Yes, I'm not a fan. Like, it's disgusting. Now, they um, make some... Everything else they make that are fantastic is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it's it's like they just make this one terrible thing, but it is the profile you expect when you think of a whiskey and coke. That's true. Like ja- there's a reason that Jack and Coke. Now is Jim what Beam order. also does well in Coke and is mm-hmm. also pretty nasty by itself. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But again, much like Jack Daniels, almost everything else they make is fantastic. Is fantastic. So it's Agreed. it's it's crazy. But um, but when you get into uh, uh, when you get into like a higher price stuff, I was hanging out at my uh, brother's house. This was ten years ago, almost. I was hanging out at my brother's house, and um, he was inviting some friends over. He goes, "I need to have something that's at a decent price point, but so they're not trying to mix my scotch with coke." <laughs> so we tipped up to the local store and bought a couple bottles of a, a, a pretty inexpensive whiskey to look pretty good. It was called Eagle Rare. Mm-hmm. And that's what oh. we brought back. Holy cow, that's a great whiskey. That's what we brought back as our uh, mixer, and yeah. then we tasted it. We we're like, "Wow, this is really good." But it was yeah. a, it was like twenty five dollars ten yeah. years ago, like for a bottle. Good luck of finding it for that now. Good luck actually. Not even close. It. Yeah, good but luck like that was it. that was a secret that I held on to yeah. for a while, <laughs> yeah. man. It's like sometimes, rare. sometimes we have to keep these things to ourselves. But yeah, so like you you never know. Uh, anyway, sorry, go ahead. There number was a point on, to that, but I don't remember what it was. Number nine on the list is apple cider. Number eight on the list is Mountain Dew. <laughs> That's if you want heartburn. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not. Can I just have heartburn whiskey I just with say, a heartburn chaser? I don't know of anything that I would want to mix Mountain Dew with. You know what? Uh, like maybe whiskey would help it. I don't know. Doesn't seem like my thing. Drambuie is number seven, or Irish Mist. Uh, it's a whiskey adjacent spirit. Okay, yeah, I mean, sense, it yeah. adds some sweetness to it. I can see that. What about number six, vermouth? I mean, a little shot of vermouth in there just to change the profile of the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. maybe it depends on which whiskey you're having. Did see, I take whiskeys? They just use the word whiskey, but like what? Right. You know, if it's a bad whiskey, maybe you need that. I don't maybe, know. Maybe the vermouth would help. So I've been making, you know, what I call vodka martinis. I know you have another name for them. But I've been making them lately with olives mm-hmm. that have been soaking in vermouth. You told me about that, and it has taken my martini game up a notch. I'm gonna try that. It's just it's just that little hint. You remember when Chris Morris was on the show? We were doing the martini show, and he was saying, "I said, how much vermouth should you use?" And he gave us two things. With number one, which was vermouth is a wine, so it goes bad. So you yes. need to use a fresh vermouth. That was his first thing. But the other thing was that he said his perfect amount of vermouth for a martini was to take the spoon, stick it in the vermouth, let it let it drip for a second, and then just swizzle it in. Like on, only as much as would coat yeah, the tiny spoon. Bit. Well, yeah. a lot of people I see what they do is they pour uh, just a couple uh, bits of vermouth into the glass and dump it out. Right, and then it's only just what's left. Yeah, on the it's just side what the, the residue left on the glass. That and makes that's all these. sense. Well, I can tell you these these olives in vermouth. There's just enough from. First of all, not only does it, I think, make the martini better, but the olives themselves are delicious. Fox's, 
delicious. Oh, Fox and Seeker's a great way to Fox do it. and Seeker, uh, I have that um, barrel rested mm-hmm. gin. Mm-hmm. I also have some uh, blue cheese stuffed uh, oh, dude, olives. Dude. And I will tell you, when you do a barrel rested gin, you don't want to add a bunch of dirtiness to it because right. it's, I mean, right. it's already dirty. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a dark color. It's almost a brown liquid at that point. But those blue cheese covered olives in that barrel rested gin as a martini, whoa, this is something special. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're hundred percent. I get it. Uh, the other thing I'll just say about vermouth is that uh, that's one of the ingredients of the Manhattan. If yeah, you make the typical Manhattan, so that's a very popular drink. Uh, number five on the list is coffee. I could, yeah, I've seen that whiskey cocktails with coffee. And number, Joe Breda brought that uh, coffee whiskey that he made. Right, I yeah, remember that. that was yeah, actually, kind of pleasant. Number four is lemonade. I've heard of that. That's a what's that called? That's called a, a sugar and charm. Uh, no, um, uh, just a whiskey spiked lemonade. Whiskey I guess. and lemonade. This is. A, Does it have a name? Yes, it's called a lemon juice by itself. There's a, there's a name so. for it. It's a um, okay. I'm almost there. All right. Well, while while we wait on that, I think John is looking that up on the on the uh, portable there's, internet. There's device. a name for it. Uh, it's, uh, no. I'm so All right. close. Number three is tea. Hot toddies have been made from you know forever, uh, but um, it hit its stride in the 18th Lynchburg century. lemonade. Oh, uh, Lynchburg lemonade. Isn't that what it's that called? What it's called? I think that may be yeah. right. I think that may be right. Uh, so tea is number three, and number two. This is interesting to me that this is the size root beer. Because this is a ranked list, remember. This is not like a random list. Like more people? I don't know if they're saying it's more popular. They're saying it's better. Oh, gotcha. So they tried so, everything. I have to try whiskey and root beer. I don't think I've, I've tried that. We're going to need to get a list of ingredients yeah, and some sure. whiskey. Uh, they say, forget pickle brine. Root beer will likely be the most divisive placing on our list since cola landed right in the middle. But they say everyone who protests the superiority of whiskey and root beer probably doesn't like root beer. So they're saying if you like root beer, you're you're. I will tell you, root beer is. The I thing. will tell you if, if you're drinking whiskey, uh, I'll tell you one that's actually real good. Yeah, is uh, ginger ale, and that's number one. Are you serious? Number one on the list. There it is. I, <laughs> I had it to no you right idea. There. Ginger ale, baby. Oh, ginger ale is actually oddly the, good with with whiskey. Yeah, with whiskey, yeah. And there you go. That's our that's our list of the best uh, the best ingredients in whiskey cocktails. So if you're looking at whiskey cocktails, and there's so many of them on the internet, you can. Look well, I, mean, I can't believe they left mayonnaise off. Well, mayonnaise or or Miracle Whip. Mayonnaise and scotch, man. <laughs> that is just <laughs> disgusting. All right. Speaking of disgusting, we're going to take a break, and we'll come back with our favorite segment, our most popular segment, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, on the way is drinking news. Plus, as if that weren't exciting enough, we're going to break into the Deschutes Black Butte 31 31st birthday porter. I think that got a better uh, little, uh, little <laughs> thing out of you than uh, drinking news. Uh, we'll be right back. It's smoking and, and toasting. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, all things that we love to uh, partake of and imbibe in and, and talk about. 
These are so that's, beautiful things. That's so. why we're here. Uh, our program, though, also has several uh, other features, and, and one of the features that has become surprisingly popular uh, is a little something where we bring you a, a story, uh, something from the news. Uh, these are not stories from the onion so there's stories that at least are purported to be true and uh truth is often stranger than fiction and that is probably the general theme of the segment we like to call drinking news drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news a florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet when asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. Well, uh, just a quick reminder about drinking news that uh, these are stories, again, that we find them out there in the uh, in the world of news somewhere. And they're stories that are sometimes but not always about drinking. Another really good one, by the way. But these are <laughs> all, these are consistently stories that are probably best enjoyed if you have been drinking. And we're about to do some more of that here, I believe. All right, here at Drinking News, we like to think of ourselves as a bit avant-garde, as forward thinkers. But the truth is that no matter how forward-thinking we may see ourselves, we've got nothing on the late... Caterina Orduña Perez from the small town of Misantla. That's easy for you to say. In the eastern state of Veracruz, Mexico. Before her death at 99 years old, Caterina, or Doña Cata, as she was lovingly known throughout the small town where she lived, told her grandson, Mota Limon, about a bold request that she had. At first, he thought she was just kidding. You know, just being the fun-loving, crazy grandma that they all knew and loved. But according to Limon, she told him, and I'm quoting here, that it was her desire so that no one would ever forget her and that everything we loved about her would be remembered more easily. End of quote. After Doña Cata's death, and doesn't Doña Cata sound like, like Dua Lipa's sister or something? <laughs> uh, after Doña Cata's death, on January the 20th of last year, Lamone says, we talked as a family and decided to make her dream come true. And while it took a while to put the process in motion, Mota Limon called a local engineer in town who builds plastic products like water tanks and children's play sets and asked if the man was up to the challenge. At first, I thought it was a joke, the engineer told Vice News. Because it's not very common to see these kinds of sculptures or monuments, and even less so in the memory of someone who's deceased. Her family unveiled the completed monument, mounted on her tomb at a cemetery in Mexico this past weekend, as a recognition of her love and joy for life. And so, the citizens of Misantla can now see and enjoy... Doña Cata's final request. It's a statue of, wait for it, a giant dick and balls atop the woman's grave. 
the representation of course it is. the representation of the fully erect she's penis like, she's like <laughs> screw everybody <laughs> the representation of the fully erect penis stands five and a half feet tall and weighs nearly 600 pounds it took the engineers nearly a month and a team of 12 people including a carpenter to, to raise the proboscis <laughs> A carpenter, a sander, a sculptor, and a carver to build the statue. They got particularly delayed. <laughs> you cannot make this stuff up. Sorry, guys. I'm working on the head. Yeah. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. They got particularly delayed on the ball sack when the, when the first attempt was, quote, disfigured, end quote, and they had to start the process again. Excuse me. They had to start the process again of melting materials to give it the necessary amplitude so that the testicles could be formed. Again, you can't make this stuff up. Oh, my gosh. You know, sometimes drinking news just kind of writes itself. (laughs) Doña Cata is said to have had... (laughs) Is said to have had a particular affinity for penises and what she believed that they represented. Motilimon recalled how his grandmother, quote, saw life with great optimism and that problems shouldn't overwhelm us, end quote. She conceptualized that idea to the family with the metaphor of a penis, meaning that when you're what she called a verga, that one should not give up. When problems arose, you needed to face them, and you'll pardon the reference here, head on. <laughs> Photos of the grave. <clears throat> Photos of the grave quickly circulated on social media after it was unveiled on July the twenty third. You mean the, when uh, they erected the statue? Yes, that's exactly what they did. <laughs> the local media storm around the Dick statue has also led to some interesting new requests for the engineer's business. He was recently asked to build a gravestone shaped like a dump truck for the family of a deceased person who worked for years in the construction industry. Now, while not everyone in Misantala is excited about the giant penis, as you might expect, there's no doubt that Doña Cata and her love of the male organ will be remembered forever. I can't come home tonight, honey. I'm really working the shaft. Yeah, and I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna show you the. It's taking uh, the, longer than I thought. I'm gonna just show you the photo that Adam Love <laughs> posted here. There is Doña Cata, and there is a man working oh. on the giant penis. And when I say working on it, he's got his arm wrapped around it like he's, uh, you know, uh, quite busy. Uh, well, <clears throat> so reporting live from Mexico. Where I will sheepishly admit that I'm suffering from just a little bit of gravestone envy. Uh, My name is Cruz, and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, (laughs) y'all. Oh, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. It It wouldn't be that funny if you made it up. It's Oh, man, that that was a hard story to talk about. Yeah, it really was. It was... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this, you know this is going to keep happening Yeah, All my jokes are going to be along that vein Yeah, I, I can understand <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god Well, yeah <laughs> you're, you're right You're right in the zone there I sir. mean, that story's nuts Yeah <laughs> <laughs> You know what we need You know what the show needs I'm serious we, we need a drummer with a small kit in the back To just Boom. go Psh. <laughs> that would work that would work great oh man uh, so yeah well 
What are you going to do? <laughs> uh, it's hard to even go on after that, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. All right, she'll over. See you later. Uh, Bye. Yeah, Click. Thank you. Have a great week. Uh, so uh, what are we tasting here? Oh, yes. This is Black Butte uh, 31. Yes. This is, so so they do annually, they do a special mm -hmm. like edition of their Black Butte uh, Porter, which you can buy this the regular stuff. But this is uh, one that I think has been- Do you uh, like chocolate? To, uh, I do like chocolate, yes. Do you like coffee? Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. You're probably going to like this beer. Okay. So it's chocolate and coffee is what you're talking uh, Imperial Porter with chocolate, co uh, cold brew coffee, and cardamom. Aged mm. in bourbon barrels. So I'm getting actually all of those flavors. I get that, that oaky get dryness is, is can, dominant yeah. on the uh, aftertaste. The celebration of our 31st anniversary this year's Imperial Porter was inspired by Turkish coffee and uh, uses cold brew from our very own Scott Hughes of Third Rock Roasters. So I guess the uh, I guess the Turkish coffee is why it's got the cardamom in it because that's something yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. find more in... Uh, coffees and teas from the Middle Eastern culture. Um, so Third Rock Roasters, I believe, is a uh, prominent coffee uh, coffee roaster outfit in uh, Bend, Oregon, which is where they're from. So, uh, And um, also tipping in at a very light 12.2%. Mm -hmm. I'm for it. Uh, yeah. What, what's Bottled your take on, on 611.19. 61119. So this has been in the bottle for a while. Mm hmm I was I was thinking it was more recent than that. So that means they're now up to like 33 or 34. Well, the question is, um was that the year? Was it 19 when it was the 31st birthday reserve? And it has it been because it, it tastes it's really good. Yeah. It is it really real is. good. And and there are some times when you have a a stouter reporter that you've had in the bottle for several years that it starts to turn on you a little bit. Well, it can. I found uh, in general that you start getting that between four and six years. Mm -hmm. um, and it very much depends on the beer because I've had beers that have stayed longer that have still held up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember, you were uh, out for the show that uh, me and uh, Joel did. Well, that was one where you kind of cleaned out your beer fridge. We cleaned out my beer fridge and his, and we, he had some of the, uh, like, earliest bishop's barrels and some of yeah. the earliest uh divine reserves and there were a couple of them that were still drinkable wow interesting because yeah. that's, that's been quite a few years now. oh yeah many many like some of those were back to 2009 well this does not taste it tastes aged but it doesn't taste old if that makes sense uh it's still definitely in its prime um it's pretty I, fantastic I, yeah i i like it there's a um the the cardamom to me is the thing that makes it different from the other things of this it type. It adds that a I've very uh, woody note that's not oak to it. If you mm -hmm. ask me, mm -hmm. it's a it's very interesting. It's got a little astringency to it that's really nice. I agree. That's that's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good. I'm for it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to wave the flag as well. That's just that's that's working on a number of uh, <clears throat> a number. See, of I would drink levels. this floating on the river. See, that's where we differ. See, I would have to go for something lighter than this if I'm, like, out in the sun. Or I mean, it weighs probably exactly the same as any beer you're drinking. Mm -hmm. um, so Assassin's Creed, the video game, getting, now, getting its own whiskey. I've heard that that's a blast to play. I haven't played it. Yeah, I, 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 I don't have a video been. game machine at the house. I have a computer that I will uh, occasionally use as a Diablo machine. Mm -hmm. uh, because... 
Diablo is pretty simple. It's hack and slash. There's no real yeah. pretense to it. I don't have I don't have the latest. I, I have a PS4 is the so I'm a little out of date. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I, I enjoy playing video games. I have not played Assassin's Creed, although everything I've read about it has been very good, and I've always thought it was one that I should try to play. Uh, but anyway, it's it's uh, cel- they're celebrating the 15th anniversary of that video game, and so they are releasing a special edition whiskey specifically for the franchise you know usually it's an energy drink you know when it comes to like video games right right uh but assassin's creed is getting its own whiskey and apparently spiced rum and vodka Wait, they did a the movie too. too didn't they Same, yeah they was did. It, yeah there was uh, did anybody see it did you see it Geek? it was terrible yeah most i feel video like game i started watching it and then was like oh hell no yeah most video game movies are terrible yeah so yeah. uh, anyway, they'll release this 15th anniversary straight bourbon whiskey uh, this month, and they have plans to release a Black Flag branded spiced rum and a Valhalla branded vodka uh, to the Assassin's Creed, uh, Creed collection in September. So, uh, again, I have no idea if these will be good. Just letting you know that they're coming. So uh, somebody if you if you go out and try them. Uh, let's who's hope, making the whiskey? Let's hope they're more like the. Is there any information uh, on who's uh, making it? Uh, uh, let me see if I can find out. Um they're uh, Anthem Studios, a leading licensing, bottling, and distribution company, partnered with distillery Tennessee Legend. And uh, that offers them apparently nationwide distribution. I don't so, know what that means. Uh, I, that's the distillery. Somebody will know. Tennessee Legend. I'll yeah. have to ask somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I but, wonder if the whiskey will be any good. Well, Hopefully it'll be good like the video game, not bad like the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the these are these are the way uh, things things go. It's gonna be six. I mean, was it at least as good as like American Ninja? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, it'll run you sixty nine dollars, by the way, for a uh, for a box. Okay, so they're starting off. Yeah, I wonder if they came up with the price point before the whiskey. Most likely, yeah. <laughs> Most likely. Mm. Hard to tell. It really is. It really is. All right, we are going to take a break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. It's been a uh, it's been a uh, fun one here today. And uh, uh, yes, why? Yes, I will take a little more. <laughs> yes, of that, you will, uh, sir. Of that, uh, either Black of you guys beat, like uh, uh, refills? Anyone? <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. It's smoking and Justin. We are so uh, uh, happy that you have made it uh, through show number two hundred and ninety-three with us. We are uh, absolutely halfway to three thirty-three, which is going to be our big celebration show, which will happen sometime in twenty twenty-three. I haven't mapped it out in the calendar yet, but yeah, all right, we'll have to look at it. And Bruce, I expect you there. Yeah, yeah, Bruce, we'll we'll give you a date soon. I promise. Um, we'll right. probably invite Josh too, but uh, he lives here, so it's not as big a deal. Yeah, yeah. Is there anybody we should be careful not to invite? <laughs> oh man, that Krockenberger guy. Yeah, he's he's kind of a question mark. <laughs> he's yeah. he's suspicious. You. Yeah. <laughs> no, come on. I don't know. You no, know, no. Like we've had so many great people on this show. Really, we have. Like it will be so fun. To to and all these people are going to know each other for the most part. Yes, uh, it'll be so fun, man. It's kind of like a community, you know. 
you know, and then you know we have to invite Jeremiah from back. Of in the course, day, so yes. Just throwing him into the mix is like that's yeah. like, hey guys, here's a little Tasmanian devil in the middle yeah. of it. But we got to put him and your uh, and Mark, your, your right, buddy right. Mark, at the far end of the table. So if they go off on uh, uh, on you know uh, support all their lines tangents, for, uh, yes, yeah, for uh, cocktails and beer, that'll. That won't necessarily take over the show. <laughs> so, but uh, no, I love both of those guys. And, you know, it's going to be so good to see, you know, Docs again and see so many of our uh, of our favorite guests that, that we've had on the show. Uh, so if you are someone who is involved in a uh, craft brewery or a distillery of some type and you'd like to be on the show, you certainly can contact us. Um, it's uh it's a good good way to you know get out there. Reach out to us on the Facebook yeah. page or yeah. on the YouTube channel. Or good way to uh, get out there and, and support your uh, your thing that you do. Uh, we we appreciate it all that you do, and we love helping support uh, you know brands and and particularly things that are really craft oriented, things that are uh, more organic of, of nature. Those are those are our favorite kind of things. So, um, and and one of our favorite kind of things is the Black Butte uh, Thirty One. It's so delicious. That's a really good thing to be excited about. That and the tequila. That tequila, the uh, Don Cosme. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, that's good. Matter of mm -hmm. fact, before you take this away, I'm mm -hmm. gonna avail yourself of a little more. I'm going to uh, yes. Yeah. So all right, coming up next week, I'm gonna. I, I'm so excited, but I, I've never done this on the show before. I am going to teach you guys how to make a perfect cocktail, a particular oh. <laughs> cocktail. I'm so glad. I thought you were going to be like, I'm not wearing pants. Well, yeah. Again. <laughs> no, I, anyway. I was going to say I've done that before. <laughs> so uh, that, that's already happened. Uh, and it seemed to pass without incident. So, uh, but, but in any case, uh, on next week's show, I'm going to teach you guys how to make, and I really believe I've perfected this. I'm not kidding. The perfect vodka gimlet. It's a simple drink, but I feel like I've, I've gotten it just right. So I'm, I'm excited, excited about that. Excited also, to uh, share this with you. before summer's over, uh, and since we have, uh, since we have new staff in here uh, doing the uh, mm -hmm. doing the show, uh, I feel like we should really have a little fun and maybe do uh, maybe do an episode pool party, and stretch out the staff a little bit, get them experienced in going out to different places and doing that. Mm -hmm. I think that'd be kind of fun. Okay, that could be fun. Do you have a particular pool in mind? You know. I'm down for whatever pool. I'll I'll go buy an inflatable pool. We'll do it there. Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get a little inflatable uh, uh, rubber ducky. I mean, my cats there. will poke holes in it. That's all right. But, you know. As long as it lasts through the show, we'll be fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right. Well, we want to thank you guys for being here, uh, for smoking and toasting, and for being here for, what, 293 episodes so far? Or at least 292. At, we know it's one easy. Of them you lost. just take 333. Divided by two, you get 293. You're done. Uh, all right. That's good to know. It's good to it's know. halfway. Uh, well, thank you guys again for being here for the program. Uh, we will be back with you next week, and we have some great guests that we're lining up for the weeks to come. So we're excited about sharing those with you as well. And on your way uh, out, here's a picture of a dog. Yeah, a picture of a really cool-looking Day of the Dead-style dog. Uh, that's that's perfect to uh, to write out the show. Thank you, my <laughs> friends, for being here. Uh, we will see you next week. And uh, once again, as we like to say, cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. <laughs>